Giroux. Banks in the head for Pinto. In comes Shane Pinto all alone. Pinto in, shoots, scores! Welcome back, Shane Pinto. Smell look in the afternoon on TSN 690. I'm Mitch Gullow with Joey Elias and Peter Vrionis. We chat now with TSN's Gord Miller, who was on site at the Bell Center last night. Good evening, Gord. Good evening. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Uh, as you can imagine, we're trying to uh, figure out uh, the Montreal Canadiens right now. At least a lot of fans are. Uh, here, here's what a lot of fans have been asking, Gord, and, and maybe you could give them an explanation. Why can uh, Montreal look uh, really good against really good teams like Winnipeg and Dallas and Colorado, even picking up that uh, point in overtime against the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, but then uh, they play the Ottawa Senators and they make the Senators look like the Canadians of the 70s. Well, I think, you know, I was talking to Marty St. Louis yesterday, and I think, the, you know, what he has talked about is, is, is Montreal's good is very good. They've got to get the bad out of their game. And, and there's been a lot of bad lately. And it wasn't just the game last night. They weren't very good against Boston. You know, they've, they've been caved in a couple of times here lately. So I, I would say that, look, it's a work in progress. The Canadians are rebuilding. I think you see a game like the one against Colorado, and it kind of gets your hopes up. But they got a long way to go, and, and, and he knows that. Um, you know, Ottawa's beaten them eight times in a row now, which is really hard to believe. Is, is, is there anything to that? Like, eight times in a row, is it just a bad matchup? Does Ottawa get up for uh, these games more than others? I think a lot of people saw uh, Mr. Anlauer right where the uh, Zamboni door is in the uh, front row. We also saw uh, last night after the game the uh, Senators' uh, players uh, saluting their mothers uh, who were in the crowd. Uh, but do they just get up for these games a little bit more? No, I don't, I don't think NHL players get up for more. You know, I mean, I think, you know, they're intense for every game, but it's just, it's probably, you know, Montreal's not been a very good team lately. Um, and Ottawa just maybe has, you know, elements of their game that Montreal doesn't handle very well. But I mean, it's, it's a confidence thing too. Once, once you get on a roll like that, it's like, you know, look at the Oilers. I mean, even when they don't play well, they win now. Um, so it's a really interesting dynamic, but I mean, um, look, I, I think that there's every reason in Montreal to be hopeful for the future. But you got to temper that, right? I mean, look, you know, Buffalo's had lots of prospects and high draft picks. I'm, I'm in Moncton right now at the CHL Top Prospects game, and all the teams are here. There's 32 teams; they're all trying to get better. You're not the only one, so it's a it's an ongoing process. What do you think uh, the trade deadline is going to look like for Montreal? Well, that's an interesting one. I, I think that you know there were a couple of players that Montreal would probably like to move at the deadline that that would be hard to uh, based on their contracts. Um, but there are players that Montreal has that would interest some teams. I think the one thing you got to be careful about is you, you need to have some veterans around that the young players could follow. And I, if you dump all your veterans at the deadline, you know you, you do need some guys to show, show those young guys the way. And I, I'd be wary of dealing too many. But it, obviously, I, I think the biggest thing for Montreal is they've got three goaltenders. And there's been a lot of talk around Jake Allen. I, I, I would think that the Canadians if they can get a good deal, we'll probably move Jake Allen. Uh, Gord, the uh, Flames placed Adam Ruziska on waivers earlier today. He's a center. Everybody's talking about the Canadians need a center. They don't have to get rid of anybody. Do you do you like if they if the Canadians try to uh, claim him? Well, it could hurt. You know, I, I, think he's, I think he's a big guy. He's shown flashes in the NHL. It's, just because a guy can't crack one team's lineup doesn't mean he's not a good player. Montreal's or sorry, Calgary's very deep at center, so 
and they've got guys coming back. So I would say that it's worth a shot. You know, he, he brings a size element that Montreal lacks, so it couldn't hurt. Plus, you currently have uh, Mitchell Stevens, who's been up and down as that depth yeah. center, and you've lost Dvorak for the year, Gord. And, you know, you spoke about the goaltenders being on the move. I think it's very likely Sean Monaghan is also traded, especially with the lack of centers out there on the market. I think it's yeah, Elias I mean, Lindholm one and then Monaghan two. So if you're losing Monaghan, you've lost Dvorak, Doc's done for the year, and Mitchell Stevens is kind of a tweener. You're going to need bodies. Yeah, and someone's got to play, right? And And not just anyone. I mean... It's got to be, you know, these young guys have to see progress and they have to see hope. It can't be a losing situation every year. And I, and I think that I think every team in Montreal's position has to balance that and decide, you know, how much you move and how much you keep it. It's, it's not always a great idea to just have a fire sale. It's, it's easy to burn things down. It's really hard to build them. And that's, that's you know, that's the lesson of a lot of franchises in the NHL. Gord, there's been a lot of outcry by the Montreal Canadiens fan base just about uh, the, the recent performances, and I know that they're not separated by too many points uh, with Ottawa in the standings, but Ottawa has four or five guys that can be point-per-game players, and Montreal just doesn't have that same kind of potency. So is this sort of a predictable outcome that we've seen in the past week, or, or do the Canadians have a bit more left in the tank that they can be showing to the fan base? Well, I think, you know, Cole Caulfield's starting to score again, and he's starting to score five-on-five, five, which is important, right? Because for a long time there, he was scoring on the power plate in overtime. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the question you would ask is, so if you look at a game last night and, say, take the players under the age of 23, who has the best under-23 players in the game? I think most of them would be on the Ottawa side. Um, so, but, you know, if you're a Montreal, though, if you're a Montreal fan, I think you look at the blue line, and you see Caden Gooley's already a regular. Um, you know, you've got, you've got Logan Mayu coming. Um, you've got Ryan Backer coming. Like, there's lots of good things coming ahead for Montreal. You know, we don't know about Lane Hudson. I mean, it, I think there's open questions about how Hudson's game translates at the next level, but he's certainly been productive in college. So, I mean, he's going to get every look. So that's where the excitement comes, but it's a long process, guys. Like, it's not just, you know, ask people in Columbus, ask people in Buffalo. I mean, it's... it's it can take a long, long time, and you can spin your wheels for a long time. Where uh, in your mind is uh, is Ottawa at right now, and is there a reason why, after they just acquired him a year ago, Jacob Chikrin's name is back in the back in the news? Well, I think in Chikrin's case, you know, where does he fit within their group? Um, I think that, you know, he says he wants to stay. So in that case, I mean, I don't think you have to move him, but they could certainly get assets for him. And I think the other thing with, you know, with Ottawa is, look, I mean, last night they came as close to having the lineup they would have written on a napkin in August as they've come all year. You know, with Pinto in, with Norris healthy, you know, they, like, you know, Montreal's had tons of injuries too, right? I mean, Montreal hasn't really had the lineup they've expected at all. But Doc, Doc got hurt, what, in the first week of the season. So I think those, you don't make excuses for injuries, but they are, they are a factor. And, and I think that, in Ottawa's case, being healthy, and also their goaltending hasn't been great. Corpusella was good last night, but they're 32nd in the league in deep save percentage, and that's been an ongoing issue for them. So, Gord, you're in uh, Moncton. Uh, too bad you're not in Montreal. You're going to miss the zoo. Yes. I, you know, <laughs> I remember when Patrick came through <laughs> years ago with Colorado. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, iconic is enough of a word to describe his stature in Montreal. Um I think that you know he 
he transcends that. And, and now, of course, coaching the Islanders, it's going to be crazy there tomorrow. And I think of all the people that can handle it, he's one of the ones who is you know, best equipped to do that. So he's, he's, you know, he's such a unique character. Um, everyone who's played for him talks about how fiery he is, how competitive he is, how demanding he is. And, and I think that with Lou Lamorello as his general manager, that may curb Patrick's impulse, if you want to call it that, right? And that's where it went off the rails in Colorado. He had a say in personnel matters, and it went sideways with him in management. But at the end of the day, I mean, look what he did with Quebec last year in the Quebec to the JHL Memorial Cup. I mean, he's, he can obviously coach. And I think in Long Island, he will just coach. And that's probably the best thing. Well, we were saying before, you know, we need a personality like that nowadays. I mean, and Gallo is bringing up a fun point that if somehow the Islanders face the Flyers in the, in the you know, the playoffs, boy, that's fun. Two fiery coaches. I think that's good for the league. It is. But I mean, if you think about it, look at the lab. I mean, John Cooper's pretty flamboyant in Tampa, but like Bruce Cassidy's not an, an outrageous character in Vegas. Jared Bednar in Colorado certainly isn't. Um, you know, when you think about Craig Berube, you know, Barry Trotz, recent Stanley Cup winning coaches, Mike Sullivan, they're not necessarily fiery people. They're just, they're very good at what they do. Patrick is, is, you know, a good coach technically, but he brings that extra element. The question is, you know, how long can he keep from combusting? <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> it's not very long. You know, the infamous Bruce Boudreau confrontation in Colorado where they're going to go over the glass at each other is, you know, is quite memorable. So, yeah, I think those big personalities are, are great for us, but I don't think it's a prerequisite to, to be a good NHL coach. And, and and you talk about, you know, working under Lou Lamorello. He's already shaved. He had to shave his beard. You lose rules, right? You cannot. There'll be no facial hair. There'll be no jewelry. There'll be no long hair. So that's, that's lose rules. So. Mr. Burns. <laughs> I thought I told you to shave those sideburns maddeningly. Well, no, it's yeah. actually, uh, Gord, right, it, it comes from, like, first of all, we, we've spoken a little bit about Lamorello's uh, obsession, if you will, with the Montreal Canadiens, whether it's yeah. Lemaire, Robinson, Pat Burns. I mean, you could even go to Claude Julien. Like, he's really looked at that organization as the model franchise, especially from back in the uh, glory years. And uh, Lou Lamorello is also obsessed with the Yankees. Yeah, and the Yankees. So and the he, Celtics. He was, very, he was a pallbearer at Yogi Berra's funeral. Oh, really? So, you know, he's, um, yeah, I mean, I, you could argue, I, I, Mike Johnson and I joke about this all the time, I would love to be a top young prospect, like a superstar prospect, and have the Islanders have the first pick and say, you know what, I'm keeping my beard, I like my hair long, I like to wear jewelry. If you don't like that, maybe you should draft somebody else. <laughs> like, I would like to see a star player confront him on that and see what happens. Connor Bedard. <laughs> Imagine yeah, right. a guy like that. You know what? I like my hair long, so maybe you should draft someone else. <laughs> well, same, it's, same, same with the Yankees, right? No one's really challenged it either. But I mean, a, heck, heck, they got Johnny Damon to shave in New York. Listen, it's an know, easy, but it's, it's an it's, easy it's, PR it's move. Thing. Like, it's got nothing to do with winning. No. Like, it literally has nothing to do with winning. It's, it's, it's an anachronism. And I know people, old school people, oh, you know, it shows teamwork. No, it, you know what it shows? It shows a willingness to just go along with whatever you're told and, and not think for yourself. And, and I, I, I don't know if that's a healthy thing or not, but I just find it funny that in, you know, in 2024, 
grown men are being told whether they can have facial hair, long hair, and jewelry. Like any other employer, that would be scoffed at. Yeah, I haven't shaved in like three months, and and nobody said anything. But uh, <laughs> seriously, that's why I'm on radio. By the way, uh, Gord, I don't. I, I know you said you're in Moncton, and I hope that uh, you have a great game tonight. But afterwards, I, I need to know: you going to the old Triangle? I'm not. Uh, I have a uh, I have a 6 a.m. flight Oof. to Montreal onto Ottawa. I've got a game tomorrow night in Ottawa, so I've got three and three nights. So I will be uh, saving my voice, my liver, and, <laughs> uh, and my eyes, and uh, shutting it down as soon as I can tonight to get up at four o'clock tomorrow morning. Who uh, who sh- should we be play- paying closest attention to tonight? Well, I keep a close eye on Sam Dickinson. He's a, he's a defenseman for the London Knights. Um, great big kid, could really skate, shoot the puck hard, right hand shot. Like he's he's really interesting to me. Um, you know, Montreal, as I mentioned, is, is pretty deep in defense prospects, but you can't have too many of them. He's a really good looking player. Uh, Berkeley Catton from the Western League is a really really high end skilled forward. There's it's interesting in this in this draft and, and to an extent last year too was that some of the top players aren't very big. Like, some of the most productive guys aren't very big. And our team's willing to take a chance on a smaller player. And and different teams have different philosophies on that. But it'll be really interesting to see, you know, where some of these guys go. Because Catton's not a very big guy. And so, where, where do guys with that size rank? Gord, uh, thanks as always uh, for your time. Melnick's back next week. Sounds good, guys. Talk to you then. Travel there's, safe. There's uh, TSN's Gord Miller here on Melnick in the Afternoon on TSN 690. Mitch Gallo, Joey Elias, and Peter Vriones. So coming up next. What's his name? Veronso. Bump that music up, Veronso. That sounded like a happy days moment. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> hey, Chachi. <laughs> coming up next, uh, an interesting move made by... Uh, Head coach Martin St. Louis at practice. We'll kick it around quickly. Start again.